welcome to the Wovid Diaries podcast. We talk about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on women's lives and how they've adapted to a brave new world. Neither victims nor superheroes, we give a platform to women from around the globe to share their experience in their own words. I'm your host, Sveta Mardar, and we're here to explore nuances and topics beyond the news headlines. Welcome back to the Woven Diaries podcast. Today, we speak with two brilliant women working in the creative industry who have made big career changes since the start of the pandemic. They took the leap to become business owners and bosses of their destinies. I'm excited to introduce you to Holly Meadows and Marjorie Vigneron. Holly Meadows is the former editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan in South Africa and deputy editor of Elle South Africa. After over a decade working in magazine media, COVID-19 and the closure of many print media titles brought about a career 180 for Holly. She subsequently launched her own creative advertising agency called Mood, producing content marketing for fashion and lifestyle brands. In her spare time, she designs jewelry for her brand, Ivy and Lula, a side hustle turned Instagram e-commerce business born as a passion during lockdown. Welcome, Holly. Hi, Sveta. Thanks for having me on the podcast. And our other guest speaker is Marjorie. Marjorie is a creative director and branding specialist from France. She started her career in China after fleeing the devastating French job market due to the 2008 economic crisis. There, she worked for different multinationals targeting the global markets. In 2014, tired of the corporate life, she started freelancing as a branding strategist for solopreneurs. By January 2015, she launched her first business and worked solely with solopreneurs trying to conquer the world. Marjorie returned to France in 2016 and settled in Lyon, working at a local marketing agency while also keeping her freelancing business. As COVID-19 forced the country into lockdown, she decided to quit her job to concentrate only on her business. She's now the founder and branding consultant of Maison Vea, a creative studio focusing on mentoring women solopreneurs to develop branding strategies to match their ambitions and obtain their dream lifestyle. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here with you guys tonight. Thanks, Beta, for having me. I'm so excited to have both of you on. What motivated you to start your business? How did that come about? I was motivated to start my business because I lost my job. That's the long and the short of it. Towards the beginning of lockdown, Cosmopolitan, South Africa, um, really sadly closed down. Um, and the publishing house that I had been working for closed its doors and all of, all of the print media titles that were under it. You know, we'd obviously evolved to be 360 platform media brands, but I think people were seeing it all over the world. A lot of magazines have been shutting down really sadly. Um, And so that was my big driving factor. You know, I was left with a bit of a grace period and fortunately in lockdown with lots of time and quiet to think, well, what next? What kind of resources did you find most helpful at the start? Gosh, I mean, I did a lot of Googling, but I think like maybe the biggest resource was myself. I really had to kind of look inside myself and understand what are my skills and what are my strengths. Um, And that's what I really thought about. And I had a few ideas in my head, 
And then I think one of my biggest skills is being really decisive. And I didn't allow myself to mull over it too much. And I, um, I just made a decision about what I was going to do. And then I went for it. Yeah, the, I think the first thing was starting my agency mood. And then the big thing that I realized was that I wanted to diversify my income streams. And so at the same time, in tandem, which was really hard, I put a lot of pressure on myself, perhaps unnecessary pressure in hindsight. I started my jewelry brand, Ivy and Lula. You actually went into several things at the same time. That's really interesting. What about you, Marjorie? What motivated you to start your business and where did you look for support early on? I knew I wanted to have my own business very, very young. I studied fashion design and why I studied fashion design was from a book that's called Claudine of Lyon. It's about this little girl who is too upset to continue working for her family business that is weaving silk. And she wants to actually design what the silk will be made to later on. And so she opens this boutique. And ever since I read this book, I was like, okay, I want to be a fashion designer and then I'll have my boutique and then I'll do what I want with it, basically. Then well, a bit less than 10 years later, I end up in fashion school and then life happens and fashion businesses are closing all over the world and then getting to China. So I get myself to China to get a first job very far away from fashion. And that's how I ended up working for very big companies that actually need design and marketing advice. So not so much relation with fashion anymore, but I started making my first experience in those domains. And the thing is, I realized that I hated working for big companies, <laughs> like literally hated. You have to go all through your decision process, through all the hierarchy. And usually the top guy doesn't like what the middle guy said. And then the low guy actually has other opinion, it just sucks your souls out, day in, day out. And I thought there must be a better way to do it. I had dipped my toes into branding through those different projects. And I thought, wow, what it would look like to work for smaller companies and passion-driven companies. I tried one project while I was in Shanghai with a solopreneur that needs help. It was cool. But I soon realized that I'd rather do this than go back to my day job. So in January 2015, I launched because it just made sense and it just made me happier than what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. My parents were against, so it was really hard because at the time my parents were still living in Shanghai too. But yes, I just launched. To be honest, now with the perspective, it was close to a fail. I pushed myself so hard to actually get enough money to do it. I didn't know how to price myself. Never did a business plan or anything. Nothing was constructive. It was just like, okay, you know how to do your job, so you can do it and let's see how it goes. So the resources I tried to find later on, one really good resource I came through was a creative infopreneur course done by byregina.com. It was one of the first courses that were really about, you know, starting your own business. And it was interesting. It got me the first things. And then she did a bit of coaching with me. So it got me through my first month. And then I ended up just looking for more people to surround me and give me advice as I went through. What about this earlier this year when you launched fully? This time around, I went for help right away to actually launch my business. I knew what I was missing, um, the system, the process, and basically everything that is not marketing or creative. And I did 
get help from the start. I had a course from Alisa Krajeva. She is British and has a really cool course called Soulmate Client Accelerator. And I joined in and it was kind of the voila moment. How long has it been going for now and how has it evolved? How are you seeing it? The pandemic actually got me to think about what I really want to do. What was the core values that were behind me starting my business? Because I had started it because I wanted to be happy in my job and live for my passion. But at one point, just living from your passion when you're tired or when you're, you want to do, explore something else, it doesn't drive you as hard as it used to. When you hit a bump, it's just not sufficient enough. And then the pandemic happens. And I saw all those women really triggered by what was happening. And people were losing their jobs. Again, especially women. Like I had a lot of girlfriends who were having issues with their jobs, either because the management was so bad they, were, they wanted to quit their job or because they had lost someone and their job didn't make sense anymore. Or the pandemic was kind of... Um, clicking moment for them because they thought, oh, I'm totally bored in my life and my current job. So I want to do something that actually excites me. And it resonated with me with a personal story. My Both of my mom and my grandmother never did their job that they actually liked. They were pushed into jobs because they had to. They had family responsibilities and children to raise and everything. So it was kind of a mission I took upon myself to be like, okay, I'm going to be doing the job that I actually want. And all those stories around the pandemic and women and their job really resonated with me. And I thought, okay, it's not going to be just solopreneurs I'm going to help. I'm going to be very specific about it. I want other women to be able to actually get the life that they want, not just professionally, but also personally. Sounds like a bit of a movement more than just a job, a mission. How about you, Holly? Tell us about your agency and the jewelry business that you mentioned. How long has it been now since you launched? I actually launched my jewelry brand on the 1st of October, but it was all in the making probably from around May. And then I launched my agency on the 1st of August. So that came first. And I, I actually used my agency to create the jewelry brand, which was quite fun. And yeah, it was kind of like the first project, which was a nice soft project because it was my own brand that we were working on. But yeah, just going back to, to resources, I remember just feeling so overwhelmed by it all. I was more terrified of the financial side. And I actually did a short course online through Get Smarter, which you can do globally. It's an online learning company that was founded by South Africans. And they've got a really great course called The Basics of Financial Education. And that was around eight weeks. And I'm so glad I did that because it really put me in good stead to understanding the financial side of starting a business. And then I think also you need to like quickly identify experts um, to help you set up your business. So it's taken me a long time to find a good accountant that I can work with. And also understanding how much um, free learning resources are out there. So I use an accounting software called Zero, and they have like a wealth of um, videos that you can learn from. And I built my jewelry brand on Shopify, which is maybe 
the world's biggest e-commerce platform. And again, they've got so many videos that you can teach yourself. You just need the time. And of course, in lockdown, I had plenty of that. So it was a lot of kind of like solo um, video watching and just trial and error. Mood, which is my creative agency, that is a business partnership with my former fashion director. I think that's another important tip. I knew that I did not want to do this alone. I had no interest in starting a business um, like an agency on my own. And so identify someone that has complementary skills to you and not the same skills. And that was maybe one of the biggest learnings. And I identified my business partner, Cleo, and, and she's just got all the things that I don't have. <laughs> so we work together really well and we're we're quite a dynamic duo we like to call ourselves that she's really strong in the production side of things she can do a 360 shoot for a client and get the models and the right venue and do all the styling and um, appoint the right videographer or photographer so she really compliments me well and you know I'm quite good on the editorial vision so I will meet with the clients bring the new business in and then work with those clients to create content that works for them um, and I think like what we've really realized is that you know, you think these big brands know everything, but they don't. What they do know is that in order to sell their product, they need to create really good content. And what we've also realized is that the big advertising agencies don't really know how to do that. They can create great above the line content, but when it comes to below the line content marketing, they get a bit lost. So these big brands want to work with smaller boutique agencies. And that's been the biggest surprise maybe, you know, I was terrified. Oh my goodness, we're not going to get any clients. But the response was just phenomenal. And they want to work with us because we hold their hands and, you know, we've got a good editorial eye and we live and breathe digital media. So that's been a really refreshing, I suppose, way that the business has evolved. And then two of our biggest clients are, um, the one is a a big international fashion brand. And then the other is uh, AB InBev. They're a global brewing company, right? And they've got a lot of alcohol brands and they recently acquired SAB. So we work with a few of their alcohol brands as well. Yeah, so we, we specialize in creating content and content marketing strategies for brands below the line. And um, we also connect brands to influencers and we produce influencer-led activations and events. And we produce those with an eye to creating content opportunities for brands. And then my jewellery brand, Ivy and Lula, it is named after my two nieces, one of who was born during lockdown. And I couldn't be with my brother when she was born. And I just love jewelry. I always have. And I had entertained this idea maybe a year ago in, in lockdown. I thought, well, why not? I'm going to do it. Really wanting to diversify my income stream. You know, I really realized when I lost my job, goodness, I've depended on this one employer to pay me a salary for so many years. And I've worked so hard. I almost felt like this is stupid. Rather work so hard in my own business and then also have a, a creative side hustle. And so with Ivy and Lula, my first collection is called the Goddess Collection. And it's a range of pendants. And each pendant is a different goddess. And each goddess has a different meaning. From what mythology are they? All over the world. So Greek, Roman, West African. Uh Um, You know, I just thought a lot of these coin-inspired pendants are these old men and patron saints. And (laughs) I wanted some female energy in there. Aphrodite, goddess of love. Athena, goddess of 
wisdom, Yamaya, and she's the West African goddess of protection, and various others. It's all 18 karat gold for me. Your solid gold is just so expensive. So it's on a base of solid silver. Um, and gold for me is about 10 times thicker gold plating than just gold plating, which is kind of flash and wears off quickly. Um, so it's really good quality. It's a, a majority e-commerce business. So my hopes are to expand it internationally. Yeah, it sounds like you found your niche, Holly, there, like to, to your surprise in a way. So you tapped into something that was there mm. kind of ripe for the taken. And Marjorie really went for mission-driven. I like how you have your drive where we're different and your approach is quite different and your focus is different, but there's so much energy and so much excitement about what you're doing. Can you share about some of your early on challenges and how you've managed them, your one biggest challenge and how you managed to overcome I just felt so overwhelmed. There's so much admin or it feels like there's so much admin um, when you start a business, you know, things like registering a company. How on earth do you do that? Um, yeah, it was things like that. And then appointing a lawyer to draw up a shareholders agreement, just navigating the shareholders agree agreement, reading it, trying to understand it, trying to not pay the lawyer an hourly fee to explain it to me. Finding an accountant that we could resonate with and and didn't speak to us like we were we were stupid. Um, learning how to do invoices, understanding about tax. Like now, we're just about to VAT register a whole load of more admin. So you know, there's a there's a lot. It does often feel like it's just like you're not going to get through it, but you need to find experts around you who can who can help you and with my jewelry brand it was really finding suppliers and understanding an entirely new industry and I'd worked with it because I've worked in in fashion and beauty magazine media for the last decade so we featured a lot of jewelry brands but I've never made it so understanding the industry, you know, I reached out to friends, I reached out to people on Instagram, I've got a million suppliers, one for your gold, one for your silver, one for your chains, one for your CAD design. It was all worth it. Yeah, it sounds like it was at times overwhelming, but you get through it. It's about finding the right people to help you at the start, the right specialists, and you gradually grow. And also, yeah, I think just doing it that I can't sit stress that enough just to just do it and like don't get too caught up in procrastinating over a business plan and because you, it's very easy to fall into that trap you just got to kind of get started and once you get started you make a plan and you find things out on the way yeah you figure out on the way don't wait for it to be perfect to just get started I think that's really good advice with anything you want to do <laughs> not just start your own creative business what about you Marjorie if you think about early last year when you went 100% with your own business, what were your key challenges and how did you manage them? Going 100% my business was actually in fall 2020. Before that, I quit the marketing agency I was in because I had a burnout during first lockdown. So that event pushes you to ask yourself the right questions. You got to deal with your energy levels that are really low. You got to deal with your motivation that is really low. And you just go through a point where you hate everything that you've been doing. Your brain is blank. And whenever you try to do your job, to be creative, I create on a daily basis. I take my iPad Pro, I draw on it. I take Illustrator on my computer. I create logo. I go on Pinterest, I create mood boards. So it's kind of um, something that's like second nature. And then when you go through a burnout, 
everything is wiped out. It's just like somebody cut your arm off and you cannot use it anymore. And it feels so strange for a while. And people tell you it will come back. But for the six, eight, 12 months that you're in it, it's basically like you're never going to go out of it. Getting out of the burnout was my first challenges, even if I wanted to be in business. And it was really fighting to get back my motivation on a daily basis, to get back uh, my concentration on a daily basis. Because when you sit in front of your computer for two hours and you feel like you, I don't know, you need a three-hour nap, like you did a marathon or something, it feels so frustrating. So that's definitely was one of the big challenge as I started my business again. Then the second thing was I had to go to marketing agency. I chose to go to a marketing agency and keep my business on the side for the purpose of networking. Like it's really hard to breach the French market when you're just new and you don't have a huge network here. I don't know how to say that nicely about French people, but we're really <laughs> centered on our own, you know, little world. And when strangers come in, it's just really hard. We don't accept them as easily as you would in other parts of the world, especially coming from Shanghai, where everybody came and chatted with you and everything was a business opportunity, possibility, like you could go out and you would meet people and you're, ooh, then your business is so interesting. I just want to work with you because I'm all passionate about work and everything. It doesn't work like this in France at all. This was one of the issues. And then the other issue was due to the lack of network in my own business, I had financial troubles. So I ended up taking the marketing agency full-time job and it felt kind of a, like a failure you know like when you actually have to go back to a nine to five job to to be able to survive when you should have been having the dream life of an entrepreneur and being on a beach and having those marito while doing yoga all the stuff entrepreneurs show themselves doing <laughs> on social media these days so one of the second thing i had to really face was my first business was a failure and i'm hair coding right now and what am i going to do to make it feel like i'm getting past it to actually create something new and have the courage to move forward. This was really hard actually uh, on me. And then I suppose the third part was really creating the structure around my business because when you want to launch, you're so passionate. So you have your logo and I'm a creative uh, director. So designing a logo is just second nature. So I had my logo and I had what I want to do, but if I didn't want to go into the same world that I did with my first business, that there was some other things to put together. So Polly mentioned admin, you actually get your invoices ready so that when a customer asks you for it, you just can send it out. Your even quotations, like getting a quote to someone is just so complicated. You've got to learn for it. everything that goes around. The little notices that are, you know, with the little star that's like so tiny that nobody reads them. But if you don't put them, then it's a 5,000 euro fine. So you know, you got to get stuff straight like this and find it out really quick or it, you'd actually die. I didn't have to go through what Holly did with uh, all the administrative start of the business. And I'm very surprised to say this. France has this very, very small status called micro-enterprise. And it's super simple. You just go on the internet, you type your name in, your address, you wait two weeks if the administration is nice to you and you get your <laughs> license. I have friends, it took up to two months, but normally like they mention it, it's in two weeks. So administration declaration and licensing in France is actually quite easy. So that definitely was a savior because otherwise it probably would have killed my business in the end right away. I'm actually in awe with what you did, Holly. I couldn't have gone through it. <laughs>
It's really funny. Maybe you just found the right setup, Marjorie. So, so you found, and it's really good that it exists because if there would be a higher threshold to pass, then nobody would start anything as a solo person running a business. We both kind of touched a bit on various aspects and I might be overgoing in, into detail, but is there one thing that surprised you the most about the whole process of starting, launching and growing your business in this last year? I'm going to say, and that's one I'm actually going to ask help one day from Holly, is I get stuck in my head a lot. I found as I go through the different steps of my projects that I have so many limiting beliefs and blocks that I have to go through and get out of my fucking way, basically. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if we can actually swear on the podcast, but um, yeah, get out of my fucking way and just do the work. And it's so hard. I'm huge overcomplicator, as in I do things to making them very big in my head. And then I overcomplicate them. I add things on top again, even more. And it becomes so scary that I actually don't really do it. And then when I'm usually finally happy, like I passed all the challenges I put myself up to, I go there and, and, and I look at it and I was like, no, it's too complicated. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I have to get back to it and simplify everything. So that's definitely a block that I'm working on right now. Apparently, when you're scared of things, uh, you overcomplicate them. So it looks very scary. And then so that you can get over the, the hill and then just look at it and say, hi, but you didn't need to go all the way over it. You could just cross under it and it's just as easy. So yeah, for me, that's one thing that I'm learning every day, getting away from my limits and blocks and just finding the easy way around. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, that that's your number one thing, especially because I, I love what Holly said at the start. When I asked, where did you look for support and resource? You said, I'm my biggest resource. I'm my most important resource. That's where I looked and you found for that energy. And meanwhile, you're in a different setup, Marjorie, where your mind is playing tricks on you and is almost creating hurdles that don't need to be there. And it's really good that you recognize that you're working on it and you know it's it's a constant process. Getting better at that. And I'm sure learning a few uh, tips and tricks from Holly. What about you, Holly? Now in hindsight, is there something you would do differently from when you started? Has something surprised you that you, you thought was unexpected and you were prepared mm. maybe for a big fight like uh, Marjorie was <laughs> and created hurdles for herself? I also did have limiting beliefs. So I, I do resonate with what Marjorie's saying. And I think you know, that was was maybe one of my biggest reasons for saying to myself, well, I don't want to do this on my own because I don't want, you know, those moments where I'm like, I can't do this and I'm not good enough to get me down. I knew I needed someone else to go on the journey with me. And, you know, maybe like aside from a complementary skill set, that was also a big reason why I chose to, to have a business partner. I also just want to say on the whole resource thing and Margie mentioned earlier around like how on earth do you price yourself? That was a huge, of obstacle for me in the beginning my goodness because there's a million ways to price yourself as a creative and I think like maybe a couple of tips to share eventually we got hauled over the coals by an auditing firm for one of our clients now like how did you come up with this and um, she actually said to me I think this is the worst cost estimate I've ever seen in my life um, she was a real Rottweiler a good tip. Usually your country has an industry standard rates guideline. 
So that one's quite helpful for us as a benchmark. And then you can kind of like go from there and it's tiered, which was quite good. They're useful. But also now I think it's only six months in or seven months in. And now I've got to a stage where I'm like, well, is it worth my time? Because your time is so valuable. And I think you've got to ask yourself that question. Do I like the client? Do I want to work with this brand? What is my time worth? I think. And that's a good way to to look at it, I do think. Maybe the biggest thing that surprised me, we've been quite fortunate because of working in media and being very visible over the years. I and my business partner have created, I suppose, media personalities for ourselves. So we've got a social media presence and we really leveraged that to market our agency. So the first thing I did was write a brighter press release. I sent it out to the industry site here. It's called Biz Community. They published it and that got us loads of leads. And then I got it onto LinkedIn and marketed it there. I really can't stress enough the power of marketing yourself and your business. And what I was super surprised at is that we got a lot of leads from women who follow us on Instagram, who are CEOs for big companies. And they also love fashion and beauty and you know similar interests to us. And they followed us and they saw after the closure of, of Cosmo that we'd started this agency and they reached out. Um, And that really surprised me. I think I underestimated the power of um, specifically Instagram in generating leads for our business. I thought it would be all LinkedIn, but now I I don't actually spend much time on LinkedIn at all. So leveraging your existing network and the profiles that you've already built, that was important. And also leveraging your social media presence and and anything that you already brought with you and you had in your pocket, more or less. I just had a thought, which might be very out there when you said about the big CEOs of companies following you from social media and reaching out. I have a feeling that maybe they were a bit jealous of your position as newly free uh, women from corporate life and launching their own business. So maybe while being in a very top position, but having to still be accountable to someone and still have large armies of people that work for you, maybe that looked really interesting and appealing to them as well. That's just a wild thought I had. I am sure that's not the case. I think you might be right, but I was I was reading a really interesting study done by McKinsey and LeanIn.org. And they were saying, you know, because so many women, like Marjorie was saying earlier, so many women have lost their jobs. The sad reality, they were estimating it set us back by a decade when it comes to gender representation, leadership level, horrifying and really sad. But, you know, one of the main things they were saying is that women are the ones losing their jobs, but not only losing their jobs, deciding to leave their jobs because their circumstances and COVID and being at home while being a mother whatever it might be just it's not conducive so they can't work these corporate jobs anymore so yeah you might be right there is there something when you look back that you've learned about yourself since the pandemic and you see yourself differently to where you were say a year ago how would you describe that difference of how you've changed or what you've learned about yourself that maybe you didn't know? I think there's a few things. I keep on thinking of Nelson Mandela's words when he said, it always seems impossible until it's done. And there were so many moments when I thought, I can't do this. I'm not capable. It's like, it's impossible. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. And then I did it. What I've really learned is that I'm really resilient. I'm really capable to believe in myself more because I do often have those moments of self-doubt and can't encourage enough 
women listening to this to try to look inward and find that strength when it seems impossible because you will look back and you'll see it done and accomplished one day and you'll be really proud and I've also learned that skills are really transferable which has maybe surprised me like you think that your skills are maybe pigeonholed or boxed to an employee or an industry but you can take your skills and experience elsewhere like I did when I started a jewellery brand and I was surprised at how my skills really lent themselves to that process of starting an e-commerce business. Now, I'd never done it before, but it worked. If I look at myself and how I've changed, my business partner turned around to me the other day and she said, do you feel like you're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, like PTSD, right? It's like, yeah, I often feel like almost like I've just come off a roller coaster and been shaken because when we were both at Cosmo, it was, it was crazy hours and it was nonstop. And then it was straight into launching a business and, and all of that. So I think the biggest change has been time and valuing time and the time needed to have time out, to not work, to switch off, to go for a walk, to exercise, to put on a face mask, to get your nails done or whatever it is you like to do. That's the biggest change. And it's so important for your mental health because I didn't put enough emphasis or value on that a year ago at all. I was just like running like a steam train. And I genuinely think if COVID hadn't happened, I would have had a total burnout. So in a way, COVID saved me. I love that. COVID saved you from the burnout, got you off the hamster wheel and actually put you on driving your businesses. What about you, Marjorie? Has there been anything like that that you look back and think, I've, um, I've learned something about myself that I didn't know I've grown in a way? I let Holly go first uh, on that answer. And I feel dumb now because she took most of the good answers away. <laughs> Self-doubt, how destructive it is, is definitely one thing I've learned. I learned also to ask for help when I was just so deep into it. Turning to someone and feeling, okay, I don't have the keys, like the mental keys to actually open that door for myself. Whether it's technical and something uh, very dumb, such as writing a sales page or more like videos difficult and spiritual i have a hard time knowing what i want with for next in my life getting help and asking for help you tend to be surprised with whom can help you and how it can bring more than what you thought it would usually people when you ask nicely people are very generous with their answers and what they can give and you end up solving sometimes more than just one problem just by asking a question or asking for help so that's definitely one i realized also that actually a few days ago that covid got me spiritual a lot more than i used to it got me to ask myself okay uh what do i want in life what was my life about before COVID? Like you kind of get this reflection and this flashback when you're in lockdown and you've watched a season of Friends all over again three times. Uh, you're bored and you tend to wander around in your head and just, yeah, ask yourself, okay, what really matters? Who really matter also as friends? What are the values that you actually care about? Even, yeah, in spirituality things. I discovered manifestation and the law of attraction. I actually joined a program in January called To Be Magnetic by Lacey Phillips. They have this really cool podcast too that we can actually listen to. Very good complimentary to the WD podcast. Value family also. Having your close one very close to, to you personally, physically. I was brought up abroad in Southeast Asia and until a year ago, 
my parents were still in China. So they're back in France now. But we were able to actually go and see each other during the COVID times. And I know that it wasn't the case for everyone. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm not sure I would have been that interested in family values and family time if COVID hadn't happened. You get your parents for the third time the week and you're like, yeah, mom, stop calling me. But no, we were so grateful. This was very important. So I hear a lot of reevaluation coming from both of you, both in terms of what you want in life and the values and the values through your work, whether you're working hard and working yourself to burnout, whether you're passionate about the work and having to revisit and actually using the time and in a way a silver lining of COVID in different ways for both of you have given you the time and the opportunity to revisit, reevaluate and actually say, no, this doesn't work. I will try something else and just go all in and see how it works. And you never know how it works until you do it. What are your top three tips for women who are considering starting their own creative industries venture? My first one would be figure out what you actually want, not what people want you to do, not what you think is cool to do, what you actually want. Starting a business is a full-time job and more. You'll be waking up during the night thinking about it and you have to stand your own business for a long time. Otherwise, it's just a lot of time that you spend for not much. So really figuring out what you want. Trust yourself would be my second one. Trust yourself. And if you don't feel like you have the actual right self-confidence, get help. There are tons of coaches. There are tons of journal prompts. There are guided meditation. There are tons of stuff that can actually help you to build up your self-confidence. But this is key. Even before a good accountant or good lawyer, I think self-confidence would be the first one. And then the third one would be you're only one woman or maybe two women if you get partner, but you cannot do everything in the world. You actually are one person. You need to decide and prioritize and delegate if you need. Like this is one of the biggest things. You cannot DIY your way into a company, not everything. You need professional help sometimes. Awesome. What about your top three, Holly? Yeek, I feel like I've said quite a few already. Something I didn't mention is You need an indication that your idea is going to make you some money, right? Because if you want to start your own business in the creative industries, you've got to make a living. So I said, like, look inwards and think about what are your skills and then what skill can you actually monetize? One of the things that I did is I went to brands that I had formed relationships with from my days in Cosmo and Elle magazine. And I said, look, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And it scared me to do this. I said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Would you buy into me? Would you use my agency? And I set up maybe about four of those meetings and I got a, a warm response. And that gave me the nudge that I needed to, to go and just do it. So I think like do a little bit of market research, find out if there's an appetite. I think that would be my number one tip. And then my second tip would be to keep it authentic. I think when you're starting your own business and you're building a brand identity for that business, you can have a million ideas for what others are doing, but you've got to look to you and create something that is really true to yourself. And I think it's quite easy to get distracted by everything else out there. And I think people will re resonate with that because people are buying into your business, you. So go with something that's authentic and has quality, especially with my jewelry business. It's small batch, it's made to order. And that's what people like about it. And each piece has its own 
story. And then third one is what I said earlier and maybe repeated throughout is just to do it. Don't over procrastinate and get caught into that trap. Just try to get on with it. And if you're feeling you can't, then reach out to your network, your, your friend or your mother or your father to help you do that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You basically want someone to kick your butt and and act as that encouragement. To summarize those amazing tips that we heard throughout and just now, it's about figuring out what you want to do and trust yourself that you can do it and really prioritize your time and delegate all the things you cannot do and don't try to do everything. You will need more than yourself to to grow your business and that's fine and do some market research before you start that's really important so you know you're on the right track keep it authentic to yourself and really bring what you have best to offer and don't try to imitate what others are doing and go with the quality and Stop procrastinating. If you're thinking about starting your business, do it. Get a support group, get your network, start telling people that you're thinking so there's someone to hold you accountable and just start. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another month. Don't wait for things to get better or for anything to change. Just start and we wish you good luck. How can our listeners learn more about your work and your companies? Where can they follow you? Where can they get in touch? My agency is called Mood and our website is itsamood.co.za and you can find us on Instagram at itsamood.sa. My jewelry brand, Ivy and Lula, is ivyandlula.com and on Instagram, it's at Ivy and Lula. What about you, Marjorie? Where can people find you and your amazing work? People can find me on Maison Veilla's website, so my creative studio, MaisonVeilla.com. And then on Instagram, it's just at Maison Veilla. You can also search me through LinkedIn and reach me there. Feel free to reach out, especially if you've got a business idea and just want to chat about it. This is what I love to do. Just reach out. We'll discuss over wine or coffee, depending on the time zone. Thank you, Marjorie and Holly, for your time and for sharing your experience and tips and those really insightful moments and really encouraging for our listeners. My key takeaways are about taking the leap. And if you are a woman out there with a business idea or have been thinking for a while or COVID has impacted your work and your whole identity was questioned as a result of it, this is a really good opportunity for you to actually go for that idea, test it, give it a try. There's nothing worse than regretting years later that you haven't done it. Find that cheerleader, find that support network and get into some routine for your exercise, whether it's mental, spiritual or physical to actually have fuel for your body, fuel for your mind and just go for it. Don't waste another day. Start and build your dreams. And we want to hear all about them. Let us know through the podcast through our social media. We'd be delighted to hear your comments your reactions and your stories. Thank you so much, everyone. And see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Woolwood Diaries. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Woolwood Diaries to find out more about the project and hear the latest news. Leave your comments and ideas for our next episodes. Talk to you soon.